Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Hi everyone, so it's really good to be here today with you and I'm excited to share the word today. Um, I'm actually excited that I've just washed my hair and put some makeup on and wearing something other than pyjamas or tracky bottoms. So it's been nice to get out of the house um, and just come here. It's still super strange that you're not here. I'm really now missing all of your faces. Now, naturally, I'm quite a bit of an introvert and I thought this time was going to be lovely. But even this introvert is now missing all your hugs and missing um, seeing all your lovely smiles and lovely faces. But um, it's good to be here. And I know and I pray that you're going to really be encouraged by today's word. So I love random stories in the Bible. I love the stories of Jael, of Deborah, of Eglon and Ehud and all of those weird stories that leave you kind of thinking, God, was that really necessary? Did that really need to be in the Bible? But we know, of course, that no story is random. It is all there for an absolute reason and a purpose. And uh, most of those that I mentioned are found in Judges. That was one of my favorite books of the Bible, which I know is probably a bit strange. But the story I want to look at today um, is found in Numbers 21. So we're just going to read in Numbers 21 from verse 4. It's the fourth book in the Old Testament. So here we go. They travelled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go round Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on the pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. See? A nice, lovely little random story in the Bible. But I love this because one, it can be prophetic, you know, and we hope this morning that you'll find some hope. So where there's disaster around, we hope prophetically that we can almost be a bit of a bronze snake for you to look at and feel like you can live this morning. But, you know, we heard a bit about Moses. So this was at the time where Moses had seen the burning bush. Julian spoke a few weeks ago about it. And you can go back and read that story yourself. And then they wandered, him and the Israelites wandered for years and years and years in the desert. And this was around this time. And as I said, they were complaining. They'd got pretty fed up. And these snakes came upon them. And so it's a really strange story because often they were told not to build things, not to worship these idols. But then in this moment, they're told to build a bronze serpent and stick it up on a pole. A very random story. Here we go. So plagues aren't a new thing. Pestilence isn't a new thing. Sickness and disease all came about right at the beginning from when Adam and Eve first sinned against God and first had to leave the garden. Sickness, death, all of the disease, it's all been around. So this is not a new thing. 
but we are under a new covenant. Now, I know that's a super churchy word, but it means that we don't need a big bronze statue of a coronavirus to look at. We don't need to be bowing down or building anything. We don't need to worry about doing special rituals to fight this at this time. We are on under a new covenant where Jesus Christ died on the cross and he was lifted high for all of us to see. He made a new covenant or a new pact with us that all we needed to do was look at him. Hebrews 12 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. In the Passion Translation, I love this. It says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. If we only look at the natural realm at the moment, it gives birth to fear. We only hear the worst cases in the news. You know, Karen that coughed a bit and watched Netflix for two weeks on the sofa doesn't get a mention because it doesn't sell. It's not interesting. So we hear the tragedy. We hear the disaster. And we know that that is all around us. But we're not hearing those that are recovering. We're not hearing those that have been able to get back to work. We're not hearing those that have been able uh, to have good things still in this time because we see the tragedy. And all we see is the disaster. And we can be left without hope. Now, I have been accused of living in a bit of a Christian bubble. I actually wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or an insult. But we can be fully aware of our surroundings. But that's not where we fix our eyes. We see the snakes coming for us. We see the tragedy. We see the job loss. We see the people dying. We see the sickness. We are more than aware that life is a little bit cray-cray at the minute. It's completely nuts. But we have a choice and we can either look at the situation and we can look and focus and fix our eyes on what's going on around us with all its lack and its fear and there are no answers. Or we can fix our eyes on Jesus who birthed faith in us. So today he just says, focus on me. Jesus says, fix your eyes on me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Helen Howarth Lemmel wrote these beautiful words a hundred years ago. And the first verse says, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Saviour and life more abundant and free. No bronze snakes here, no lucky charms, no incantations, no garden statues, just a look at Jesus, our Saviour. Just one round of news. Let's just be aware, but then let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's check those emails. Let's do what we need to do at work, but then let's fix our eyes on Jesus. But what does that mean, Sarah? I don't have a picture of him. He's not on my Insta. He's not on my Facebook. How am I going to fix my eyes on Jesus? Well, what you've been doing today, joining in with this service, singing some worship songs, just listening to worship songs like we heard earlier, picking up 
the Bible, picking up his word and reading. And if you've never read it before, start in the New Testament at the beginning with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and find out who this Jesus is. Spend some time just reading this love letter that God sent to his people, to every single one of us. Now, this is just as relevant, even if we've been Christians for years, as we heard in that first story, that the Israelites had seen miraculous signs. They'd seen wonderful things, yet they still got to grumbling and complaining because God wasn't moving quick enough. But he says, fix your eyes on me. Look at me, just at me in Jesus' name. So let's choose again to fix our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, if you want to pray for the first time to accept Jesus, then we've given out the phone number. If you want to pray or connect with us, you can comment in the Facebook feed. We want to be here with you. If you want us to walk through saying, yes, Sarah, I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. I want to give my life to him. I want to be looking at him and not all this craziness around me. And I just want to end with these beautiful words from Psalms. Maybe close your eyes and just let them wash over you. It's from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you does not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. You know, God isn't taken aback today. He isn't worried. What Jesus did on the cross all those years ago still counts for us today. So let's join together right now. And rather than looking and fixing our eyes on what's going on around us, let's choose today to fix our eyes on him, to fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray together now. In Jesus' name, I just pray, Father God, for every person that can hear the sound of my voice, that, Lord, that they would know your everlasting arms around them, that, Father, right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that they would sense your presence there, that God, they would know that you are a God they can trust. You are a God that they can rely on, Father God. And Lord, we don't need that bronze snake. We don't need an altar. We don't need those physical things now. But that, Lord Jesus, if we just turn our eyes on you, if we just fix our gaze on you, then Jesus, we thank you that you are faithful to be with us. You are faithful to surround us. You are faithful, Father God, to lift us up. So we pray that as we look at you, Lord God, we would know peace, we would know hope, and we would know joy, even whatever is going on around us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.